Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. <laughs> so what is old school? I was just thinking about this like, you know, I've shared a little bit that we're not talking about just reminiscing or talking about the good old days, that those were the best days, because that's not really the case, right? Do you remember whenever I said, we always think the old days are the best days because we remember things wrong, <laughs> and we think that they're better. And even beyond that, those good old days are these days of our future, right? So whether it's, you know, you're 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, had to throw all those in there. <laughs> or 10 or 11 or 12 or whatever. It, it's, it's all relative. And when you say the good old days, like, that's, t- that's today. That is today. And are we thinking about it that way? And are we living that way? And, um, you know, I was thinking, like, what's, what's the good old days? You know, I, to me, some things that jump out that I've heard, like, comments on is, you know, when my son, like, basically tore a hole in his knee and went to the doctor, and the doctor's like, well, it's good to see somebody still plays out in the woods and gets hurt, you know? And uh, I feels like those were the good old days, you know, when people went outside and ran around and got hurt um, and were inside playing video games, you know? And I'm not even talking about the youth. There's adults in here, too, you know? And not that those are bad, but Not getting a participation trophy. Um, That's a rough one, okay? But it's actually going to fit into our message. You know, actually, you know, that you (laughs) get a trophy. It seems like nowadays everybody wants recognition for, you know, just being alive. You know, I'm still here. Give me a trophy, you know? And, And, you know, it didn't used to be that way. We have to do something, make something. Uh, of ourselves, and I'm not talking about working real hard or that you can do anything, but anyway, you know, I found, you know, you find inspiration in in the craziest ways um, as a pastor, and uh, I was actually looking uh, at some shoes, of course, Uh, but there was this description on these shoes, and it, and it was, it like intrigued me, you know, and because you guys know I like shoes and everything, and, and, you know, all these new shoes. Nowadays, shoes are, like I said, just for looks, and, you know, just to like look flashy or look cool or whatever, and uh, this shoe is real, just, is more like a plain shoe, and it says, creativity is the enemy, just because you can doesn't always mean you should. It's already good. Resist newness for newness' sake. Build on a proven foundation. It's a, it's a big one right here. Build on a proven foundation and innovate incrementally. Study what came before its shape, its weight, its colors who it's for, and what it does. That, I don't know about you, but that to me was preaching a message. I was like, you know, feeling it. 
I was feeling that in that moment. I was reading about this shoe. And they were basically saying, like, this was a shoe that, you know, we're taking the foundations, what always has been, and not just trying to put something flashy on it, but make something that works, that's good, that, that has been built on years upon years of, of study and, and, and foundation of this is what a shoe is, you know? And, and I was just thinking about that and thinking about kind of how we are today. You know, it says, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Build on a proven foundation. And nowadays, you know, you got people deconstructing um, their faith, adding to the Bible, subtracting from the Bible, you know, saying like, I don't need the Bible. Actually, I, you know, I'm going to make up whatever I want on my own and just believe that. And, <laughs> and I'm like, how do, you, how do you even do that? You know, how, how, how can you even say that I'm a Christian and, and I know God, but I'm just taking away all the stuff that he's given? I'm taking away the foundation and feeling like I'm still going to have a sturdy house. I'm going to take away everything from history. All this stuff. And you know, there's, I was telling Pastor Toria that there's somebody uh, that on Facebook, you guys know I'm love hate, more hate than love relationship with Facebook. But, you know, that is in, is in this process. And I see these posts like of statements that like, you, you know, sacrifice wasn't, you know, God's invention or what he had in mind. And, and Christ didn't have to die. And that was something that we did because we were trying to appease God and God didn't want it and all this stuff. And I'm like, do, do you read the Bible? Do you, I mean, where did you get your Bible? Because I want to make sure I don't go there, you know? And, and I think about that and then come back to this description. Build on a proven foundation. Study what came before. And I love, and of course I'm taking these words and, and that they mean something else, but study its shape. Study its weight. Study its colors. You know, I'm thinking about, it's just, it's saying the foundations, the, the truth that we know, that are evident, that, that, that we have, to take those and dissect them, not to pull pieces out that we don't want, but to get to know them more, to be able to understand them more and more. And the problem is people are saying that they're understanding them more, but they're not. They're understanding these truths how they want to understand them. And that's the problem is we get ourselves in it too much. Like somehow I really now just realized this translation. Nobody else in the thousand years before me has been able to understand this, but now I do, you know? And we're changing what has been said. Manipulating it. Listen, I mean, literally in like the last 10 years. It might be longer than that, but 
you know, and I think about that, like, all this stuff now, these changes, these people saying, oh, well, now this is the way, this is how you do it. And I'm going to deconstruct, and there's not a hell, there's not a this, there's not a that, Jesus didn't have to die, just do all this stuff. And I'm like, really? The theologians and scholars for the past thousand years got it wrong, and you got it right. That's amazing. That's so amazing. I love that. You're something. But I was just thinking about that and thinking, just I can, can we get this? This word. The word of God and study it and know it and learn it so that we don't get shaken. You know, and the, the sad thing is, is that mo many of those people, there's a reason that they're doing that. And the reason is from hurt, being hurt by the church, by people in leadership, people that have done things wrong. And it's not, it's not okay. I am not condoning any of that, but I'm also not condoning changing the Word of God. And how do we How do we go through things like that and not lose our foundation? And in Matthew, Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And really, you know, there's so many foundational things, and I'm not going to get into all of those things today, but... When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And in verse 37, Matthew 22, 37 and 38, it says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Other places it says, with your strength also. And so it's saying, listen, love the Lord your God with everything that you are, your heart, your mind, with your strength, everything, every part of who you are should love God. It should be lived, your, your life should be lived in a way that is loving God. And then in Matthew 10, 37, it says, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So taking a step further here, and in this loving God, and, and saying, not only do we love, should we love God with all of our being, of all of who we are, but what that should look like is that we don't love anybody else. And it's not true that, you know, like, it's not like we're going to go around, I don't love anybody. That's not the point. Our love for God should be so much that our love for anyone else, no matter who they are, our kids, our mom, our dad, anybody, should pale in comparison to our love for God.
too many times, you know, we get into this relationship with God and this walk with God, and it becomes about what we can do, right? I mean, even in the Bible, it says uh, in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. But I think too many times we come to this place where we feel like we're keeping the commandments or we're doing the due diligence or doing the things that we're supposed to do. And somehow those things that we are doing are showing our love for God. But I don't know if you can see yet, but where I'm trying to get is that anything that we do, see, that's the law right? The law showed us where we were wrong and how we could do something different. When Jesus came, he said, I'm going to do the thing and you're just going to come to me. I'm going to do the saving. I'm going to do the work. I am righteous. I am holy. And I'm going to go to the cross for you. And what you need to do is, is nothing but come to me and to love me more than anything. So it's not about us doing something. And, and in a way, I feel like that's a, a thing that a lot of us struggle with. Is that like, oh, I went to church. Oh, you know, I did this. Or I helped this person. Or like, I, I, you want me to talk about myself? I'll talk about myself. That I can get like, oh man, I did this or that. You know, like I had this meeting with somebody and really helped them out and, you know, counsel them and start to feel good about myself. Or yeah, this message this Sunday, you know, I preached it and so I'm doing this thing for God. Like God needs something from me, but he doesn't need anything from me. I can't do anything to add to God. I need Him to add to me. So we have to watch out for how we feel like we're loving God. See, us doing something doesn't add to God or show really our love for God. We should love God so much that we just can't help but do something, right? That there's action, like God loves us so much that I can't just sit around and do nothing. Or I want to be, was that the song? I want to be where you are. It's like, I want to be where his love is. My feet are going to move every time to be where his love is being poured out. I might be a part of it. People might say, oh, he, that guy had a part of, you know, speaking into my life. But it wasn't me. It was just that I came to the place where God was doing a work. So loving God. But it's not what we do that brings us into this relationship that gets us anywhere, but it's what he's done. In Philippians 3, 8, it says, Yet indeed I count all things lost for the excellence of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, 
for whom I have suffered loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. I love this. He's speaking to the Philippians. He's saying, listen, everything that I've done, everything I have, everything of who I am, I count it all as trash. It's nothing. It's meaningless that I may gain Christ. That if I hold anything in high regard besides Him, I'm not loving Him like I should. That I'm putting something else before Him and I can't do that. He says, I count it all as rubbish so that I can gain, that I may gain Christ. And in verse 9, it says, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. I want, I want to be found in him. Where's Josh? Where's Cherry? Where's Esther? Where's Matt? Where's... I found him. He was in Christ. He was there. He was there where God was. What I have to do is look for where God is, and then I'll find them. That's where I, that's where I want to be found. That I can be found in him. Not having my own righteousness. Not having my own, not that somebody found me because I did something good or because I feel like I'm something in myself. Because that's from the law, which is from the law, is what the scripture says. But that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith. I want to be found in Him, not because of anything, my paraphrase, anything that I could do or because I think I'm so great, but because of who He is and His righteousness and because of what He's done and because of what He's doing for me and because of what He's doing through me. Yes, we do things, but we need to do them because it's Him flowing through that through us. Not anything of ourselves. Now listen, in Hebrews, I'm, I'm going through lots of scriptures. But you can write them down and look at them all later. In Hebrews 11.6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So there's a couple of things in this verse that I want to get. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. We have faith. We have to trust and believe, right? What do we believe? That he is. But we see, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, we don't give things to God. God is the rewarder. You know, sometimes we feel like we're rewarding God because of what we did. You know, it's like, <laughs> this is funny, uh, but there's been a moment or two when, you know, I'll like do the dishes. I mean, I do them 
It's not just once or twice. But the, the funny part is, that's not the funny part. The funny part is, is when Tori is around or I, I go to where Tori is and, and, and I'm like, I did the dishes, you know? I did the dishes. She's like, you want a cookie? You know, like I'm coming to her like, I'm rewarding you because I did the dishes, you know? I cleaned up. She's like, that's what we do around here. You're not giving anything to me. That's just what we do. And so many times we feel like that with God, you know? It's like, I did the dishes. God's like, it's what we do. He is the rewarder. We aren't giving to Him anything. He gives to us. He's the provider. He's the supplier. He's the rewarder. He's the Savior. He's the victor. You know, He has everything that we need. And in everything that we do, He is the one that provided us the strength. This is where, like, I get... You know, it gets down deep in the, you know, in, in the mud, if you will. Because it's kind of hard to, like, understand, to get it, to, to figure it out. Because we're like, well, do, do we just, does God just do everything and, and I don't have to do anything? Or do I have to do stuff? And then God, you know, is like, oh, good job, you know, and we did it. No. That's the answer. No. The thing is, is that anything that we do, yes, we do things. Yes, we work. Yes, we move in, in a way that helps people. We become a missionary. We speak to that person we, about God and, and share who he is. We pray for them. We help that person that's in need. But the thing is, the only reason that we were able to do that, not even just that he gave me the strength, that gave you the strength to do it, the only reason you're on this earth is because of him. You being born is a gift from God. Right? I'm here. Because he formed me. He formed me in my mother's womb. He formed us. He created us. The way that, that we can do this is because of him. And that's how we do things. God doesn't need our service. But He wants us to serve. Why? Really, and this is how I, I'm in my simple way, I break, I've broken these things down. Why? Because it's, it's all for our benefit. Right? Because He doesn't need anything. But when I love Him so much that I 
work with him and I stay in that place where his love is and I'm strengthened so that I can do this work that he's called me to do so that you can do those things that he's called you to do and you walk in that strength. It's not that God is rewarded, it's we are, then we're rewarded because we get to receive the grace and the peace and the, and the strength and all those things that he has. In Acts 17, 25, it says, Nor is he worshipped by men's hands as though he needed anything. As though God needed anything. Do we try to kid ourselves that God needs something from me? Because it's completely the opposite. We're the ones in need. We're the ones that need something. It says, since he gives to all life breath and all things. He's the giver. We'll never be the giver in the relationship. We're the receivers of His goodness and His grace. Mark 10, 45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. But to give his life, a ransom. See, he didn't come here to be served. That's the difference about our king, right? Because any earthly king wants to be served, people to do things for them because they need somehow to be built up and to know who they are. But God already knows who he is. He already knows what he has. He doesn't need us to give him something to tell him how amazing he is. He already knows that. We do that because then we start to understand who he is too. And then I'm going to do whatever he asks. This word serve is interesting because, you know, I mean, like many words is, you know, I like to look at the definitions and study them and that get down like really to the bottom of it. And this word in the Bible, it's all bad. It's, it's not all bad, it's all bad. Okay, all bad. But, of course, the definition means to serve, to do something. But in there, in that definition, it says to be led or enticed to serve. So in these scriptures, and we're talking about serving, that's kind of how I see it. It's not because I'm doing something, but because God has led me to this point, has led me to this place where I am supposed to do something. 
I've been enticed by his goodness. I've been enticed by his grace and, and all that he's done for me. Like he's enticed me with who he is and led me to this place of service to him. And really all that service is and all that serving is, is a giving glory. I have to do something. It's my worship. It's my praise to him that I, that I do something because of what he's done. Because of how good he is. Because he's given everything. He's given everything to me, to us, to his people. He's done that for us. Even though we didn't deserve it, he's done it. So we do something. First Peter 4.11, it says, If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. With the ability that God supplies. That in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom we belong the glory, and the dominion forever and ever. When we do whatever we do, when we're following Him, when we come to church, when we go to work, when we you know, do those things that God has asked us to do, when we live our life, let us do it, right? Not on our own accord or not on our own behalf or because we want to, but with the ability which he supplies, that He has provided, right? Because really, like I said, <laughs> we didn't get here on our own, no matter how much we think we did. That in all things, why? For the glory of the One who saved us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.